Welcome, everyone. It's me, your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary, Christian Joe Ramos. And I'm here with our special friends today, Mr. Raul Montero. Hi, I'm so excited for what we're about to talk about today. Absolutely. We're going to talk about the new uh, directional debut from Michael B. Jordan and sequel to the second Creed movie, Creed 3. But you said we were going to be here to review the weekend live at SoFi Stadium. I think our emails got mixed. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> uh, mind you, this is this is going to be a great one for me because I grew up with the Rocky movies. My dad got me to watch them all. I've seen all the Creed movies as well. Raul, you're new to the franchise, correct? No, not exactly. All right, same I, story. So growing up, I'd always like see the Rocky movies in passing and stuff like that. And it wasn't until, and you're going to love this story, so... It was like a Tuesday release over at Showcase. Yeah. For like an early sort of thing for Creed because it was dropping like that Thanksgiving weekend on that Wednesday. Yeah. So they were showing it early on Tuesday, by the way, RIP Showcase Cinemas. Oh man, I missed that National Amusement Showcase Cinemas. We had one in our town. It was the best thing ever. It was in the perfect area right off the highway. So people from all over usually come to our location because we had two distinct theaters. It was two buildings across the street from a highway. Or a major road, I should say. I won't say a highway, but road leads to the highway, so people picked up speed. You know what I mean? And um, there was one side that was mostly the kid movies. The other side was more the action-packed superhero stuff at the time. And, yeah. And over time, it just... It was random. So it's like, all right, so I go to one theater here and one theater there. And just between the crossing the street, there was a plaza. You can get sushi or the subway. There was a, a Denny's. A Denny's. R.I.P. Denny's too, man. Oh, man, my whole childhood is dead pretty much. So anyways, go on. Yeah, it was like a rainy day. I had like a rough day at work. And like there was something about it that like made me want to watch it. So I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm like, oh, th- this movie hits differently. And it wasn't until when Creed 2 was wrapping, ramping up, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to actually sit down and watch these movies. Because I'd always caught, like, glimpses in the past, but I'd never, like, sat down and watched them and watched Or them. you were never really an adult watching these movies. You were watching with kid eyes. So, like, you were, like, lack of focus, in and out of it. Like, yeah, just there for the fight scenes and, like, yeah. the cheesy training montages. But once you actually saw the actual story and, and all that stuff, you saw why the film... Rocky got a Oscar. Like, you saw the caliber of filmmaking that Stallone brought to the character. Exactly. And I tried that for Creed 2, and then I just never saw it in theaters. I waited until, like, a little bit later for it. So when Creed 3 was dropping and I had a little bit of free time, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to do this, like, nonstop. And that way, it's all fresh, it's all linear, and you get to see this entire anthology of films, which is dope because I've... Never met someone who's not seen the Creed or Rocky films. Because everyone's dad shows him Rocky. It's like, yeah. It's the most, like, it's not even like a, a race or ethnic thing. I feel like every dad understands underdog story. Like, it's just one of the, like, you know, like Cinderella Man or like all these movies are like uh, uh, number 43, uh, 40, what was the called? 42. 42, sorry. Um, there's a bunch of these stories where, like, no one, uh, the one with uh, Warner from, uh, from the Chargers, was it? Uh, he had a movie too, like with uh, Zach Levi. Played uh, Zach Levi. Oh, um, uh, American Hero. American Hero. Like, there's so many movies. Uh, also, Mark Wahlberg. He was playing a old, uh, an older Eagles player. Invincible. See, there's so many movies. Uh, also, 
Uh, Dennis Quaid was uh, the rookie. The, see what I mean? Like, there's I can just name all of these <laughs> from scratch. And most of these films were really good movies. And from Disney, apparently, it's like I noticed they love their sports stories. But yeah, because it's like the easiest way to do like a live action feel good story. And it hits. It's a good. It's a good uh, for the dad demographic. I feel like like father son like the demo. Like yeah, we need movies that aren't just for families. We need movies for dads. We need movies for moms. We need movies for everyone in the family. Yeah, which is ironic you say that because my dad never introduced me to Rocky. It was just me seeking it out for myself. Crazy to say that out loud. I not not know that. But then again, it's like everyone's got their own way of how they discovered things. So okay, so. Looking at the movies literally as fresh as possible, what did you like about Creed 3? We're not going to just skip the like the, the short bullet points of the whole movie. Just say what you like, and we'll go from there. Honestly, I like Michael B. Jordan's directing style. Listen, this is his debut in film directing. I had no expectations for film directing, but then again, it's Michael B. Jordan. He hasn't had a bad movie in a decade. And even even his bad movie was a the Chronicle was a good movie. No, I wouldn't say Chronicles is a bad movie. I would have said Fantastic Four. Okay, you know what? You're right. Chronicle was a weird one because it didn't wasn't financially successful. But no, it was. It was. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Why did it feel like that movie did not get the push it deserved? Maybe because it was a bigger superhero movie at the time. Right. They kind of like overshadowed it. That's about. That's probably what it was. I feel like if that movie came out in October of that year, it would have probably made a little bit more. of yeah, instead, of, I think it dropped, like, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. So, okay, so since Fantastic Four, biggest bomb in movie theaters, period. Um, so, what did, what did you like about the directing of it? Uh, can you, if you don't say it, I'm going to say it, go for it. Oh, you, we go and then jump straight into the anime fight scenes? We're going to the Weebo stuff, absolutely, right away. Like, I was, like, hyped for, like, I think it was an interview with IGN where he talked about all the separate animes that inspired him. Evil. So I was, <laughs> it was Hajime no Ippo. Yep. And, like, it was, like, this other, like, side conversation he had with uh, Jonathan Majors. Yep. And gave him links to two specific anime fights and how he wanted to stylize I them. I think Cell, or is it Cell and Goku or Goku and Vegeta? Goku versus Majin Vegeta. Ah, when they both knock out each other at the same time, almost like they both get that yes. iconic shot. Listen, that was what I like about the film. Like he went into his nerd nerddom, and as much shit as people give Michael B. Jordan for clapping back for his his uh, he doesn't want to be labeled corny. His corniness is jerk geekiness, nerdiness, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's part of his charisma. It's literally the charm that makes these movies because. Had he not been a kid watching anime growing up, a lot of the stuff wouldn't have been in the film. A lot of these great sequences, these fight choreographies that he put into it, it would have just looked like any other movie. But he made it stand out. And I'm like, yo, if he has a lot more of this in his future films, I'm down to see what else he can do. Exactly. Although I do have one little nitpick. Go for it. Not in the bag. We're here. We're here to be fair. In the beginning of the movie, where they show you like Young Adonis Creed and his bedroom, he's got a Naruto Shippuden poster in two thousand two. Yo, unless you were living in the flea markets, there is no way you're gonna exactly. Have... <laughs> that was my one nitpick that like got under Bro, my skin. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't notice a poster. I did not. It should have been the DBZ poster. Well, I saw it in IMAX, so I'm like, I appreciate. I did too. I I didn't. Pay mind to that at, the, at that point. It's literally that. like right by his closet. Maybe I was so fixated on who's in the bed because it didn't look like him. You know, like I, I, right. I, I like I thought they de-aged him and like no, it's another kid that just happens to look like him, sort of. 
And um, but damn, he had a Naruto poster then. That's a little too early because Naruto wasn't big in the states. No, since. not just Naruto. Naruto Shippuden. God, it's crazy. Regular Naruto was just catching steam in 04. Yeah. So like Shippuden wasn't even talked about until a couple of years after that. I don't think it was even made. No, it's it's one of those like if you know you know only the we only the super diehard otakus are gonna know that shit. Yeah. But also all the kids who like watch anime are like oh shit that's right like. I would have been watching just kind of a show. Like, it, they could have played it safe and put in DBZ. That's all I got to yeah. say. They should have played it. But then again, he does love Naruto. Like, Michael E. Jordan released a Naruto line through Coach last year. I know, and I wanted it. Bro, but I, it was like 600 750 Even on clearance, I couldn't afford it at the time because I was working my previous job. My current job, even, I wouldn't pay that much. I'm sorry, Coach is cool or not, but I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars for a jacket unless it's like, like there was the Kakashi jacket and it went on claims like that. And then it was sold out. Like, damn. And then all the Naruto theme stuff went quick. I'm like, you know what? I'll wait for other drops. Because there are other anime drops coming out. Especially Naruto. Because it's becoming more of a... Like, Jimmy Choo just released a Sailor Moon collaboration. Really? And it sold out like that. Like, all the women love the heels. Because it's all the shoes. Pro, like, identical to the actual characters. Like, Jupiter had the combat boots. With, uh, Mercury had, like, the... Go-Go Boots, like, uh, Mars oh, wow. had Yeah, and I'm like, this is creative as shit. I'm loving this. Like, And it's just amazing how, like, you and me can say this from experience, how, like, anime wasn't, like, looked up in, like, popular culture like that. Anime was in a weird spot when I grew up because it was big if you watched it, but if you weren't in the anime circle, you weren't really familiar with it. Like, outside of Dragon Ball, which is probably the catalyst for all anime in America... I couldn't think of anybody knowing anything outside of maybe like a Gundam or anything on Toonami, right? Yeah. But it wasn't mainstream. It was mainstream to kids. Now we're the adults. And all the stuff we grew up liking is now getting influence into like, you know, nostalgia's king. That's where the money's at. So it all makes sense that we're seeing a lot of more of this stuff in the predominance of like high-end clothing brands and like high fashion. And like also people like like Megan Thee Stallion talking about anime in all her interviews like... Because I keep forgetting she's young. She's like in her 20s. And, yeah. And for her, watching anime wasn't weird because it was already normalized by then. And it wasn't like the whole like, oh, you know, I used to get made fun of for watching anime stuff. No, no. It's the fact that it just wasn't big at the time. Like at the time, the biggest anime was Pokemon. Like that was... Yeah. That and maybe Digimon. You can, you can even toss Digimon at the time. Like, it, that even fizzled. But or Yu-Gi-Oh. Definitely Yu-Gi-Oh. For high school, for sure. But it wasn't like a big thing like that. Now it's like every kid has their top five favorite animes of like the last year. You're having like American celebrities going to the Crunchyroll Awards. Yes. That's fucking dope. Like that stuff is like what I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. I'm like seeing like people who are our quote unquote peers in the celebrity world. You're like embracing the anime side of themselves. It's like almost like a flex. I know. It's so it's so fucking weird. I'm sorry. I know. From like hindsight, just looking back, it's just like because I remember anime Boston was a hole in the wall in Boston, and now it's a whole ass convention, convention with floors and stuff. Yeah. And again, a lot of the, you go to anime Boston the last few years, it's become more commercialized. Like you got celebrities going there. Like I wouldn't be surprised if I go this year and like and I will recognize it. You know, it's gonna be like so of a big spectacle, like a comic con. It might even move to the. I think they should move to the to the to the uh, convention center where they have BCEC. The, Absolutely, because you do it there more. Because I nothing against the mall; it's just tightly. It's just weird. You got it's like a constant spiral. You got to go yeah, up and yeah. down a lot. I'd rather be in a place where it's a floor and everybody just you know 
just walking out, whatever. But anyways, okay, so yeah, back to our previously scheduled. Yeah, topic. sorry for the for the super nerding out section here, but it had to be said because Michael B. Jordan is one of the biggest weebles in like Hollywood, and he does no shame of it. But then again, back to his controversy of being called corny and facing his like high school bully, whatever. It's this stuff that he loves that added to the film because so much. How many boxing movies are there outside of Rocky? A lot. Raging yeah. Bull. Um, Southpaw. Southpaw. Like, I can name a few. And they all seem, I don't want to say similar, but they don't have that magic. They all follow like the same sort of DNA. Yeah. Well, Raging Bull was, at the time, great. But now looking back at it, it feels like, because it, it's been done a hundred times over, something about this movie's DNA, and people will say this like with a confidence, the Creed Saga has been the best Rocky movie. And it's because the choreography for the boxing has treated it more like, not just cinematic, it's just more dynamic. Yes. It's not the same punches. It's not the same. Like, I was expecting Adonis to get knocked out. And then, you know, that whole scene in every Rocky film where Rocky gets, or Adonis get knocked down. And, like, their whole life flashes through their eyes. And they get their wits in them. Didn't happen. It was a stalemate. This main event they had with him in, uh... And Dane. And that's the story I want to touch here. No, it wasn't a stalemate. It felt like they were like on par with each other. Yeah, you know, yeah. For a very, you know, for a very, like, they, it was like they were both one hand away from Yes. Uh, and then, oh, the whole sequence where it's like just them one-on-one at, at an empty Dodger Stadium. It was like a, a, something out of the Shadow Realm. It's just like them just. That leads into the second anime, which he told Jonathan Majors to watch, which was the Curse Mark Sasuke versus Nine Tail Naruto fight from the end oh, of Naruto. That one where like they're in a water, a well or a pond or something. It's like literally the waterfall fight. Yep, yep. Because notice how like it's them facing off against each other, but also showing their younger selves. And the funny thing is, I I know if you someone on YouTube is gonna have the cut where they're gonna show these scenes side by side. So I can't wait for that to be shown. But um, all right. Outside of that. Storytelling wise, Felicia Rashad, amazing in the role of like Creed's like adopted mom, pretty yes. much. Um, my god, did that scene hit me hard, and you know why. Yeah, it was a little bit too much for me to handle in the theaters, but I wasn't teary eyed about it. But, like, just seeing that sequence was like way too close to home. Yeah, for me, it's just like it hit me in the same way that uh, Mickey's. Did in Rocky Three, yeah. Because again, me having all this stuff fresh, I'm just like bracing myself because I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Due to the whole controversy that was happening, I thought they were gonna kill Rocky off in this movie. You know what's funny is I don't know what was going on with the whole like they didn't want him back or didn't ask for him to be back. I think they were just like we already wrapped his story up with a bow. It didn't seem like he was needed unless he was going to be part of the team. And I don't think Stallone was going to show up for a cameo. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he would want a part. And it just feels weird. But the movie came out amazing. This is yes. better than the second one, I will say out loud. Yes. Story-wise. It, like, it was, like, more intense. More stakes. I will. And I do like the fact it brought back Victor. Listen, this is a typical anime trope. Your rival becomes your training partner yeah. to face your new rival. And it's not just anime, it's also bringing back from Rocky. Yep, it's bringing back the callback of, not Ivan Drago, his son. I forget his son's name. Victor. Victor Drago, 
who is, I forget, a machine of a man, six foot five, all muscly. And mind you, Michael Jordan ain't small. He's 5'11". But I can't wait to see him in the uh, Borderlands movie. Oh, he's going to be in the Borderlands movie. He's playing, I think, Krieg or Brick. Nice. Nice. And I like that they brought him in to train him in the, in the middle of the desert, old school training, just like he did in the previous film, to face off Dane. Now, Dane, that whole dynamic with him and Dane, that was wild to me because Dane, my, Jonathan Majors, like, I'm just like, he's a, on, like, he's another one. He is skyrocketing. I didn't know he was 33. Yeah. Because he got that grown man face. Like, he got that grown ass dad face. Like, but he's old, younger than Michael B. Jordan. In the film, Creed, they say that he's an older. Yes. And, and Creed's younger because Creed got, you know, because Jordan got that baby face. Yeah. Where Majors looks like a grown ass, like, man. Like, he looks like an actor that would have existed in the 80s. You know, like, yeah. that kind of like, he would like, physique and everything. He looks like he's straight out of the 80s. Which I'm so glad. They didn't go with the original idea. Was it Clubber Lang? Something? Yes. That would have been hokey. And they were originally going to cast Deontay Wilder. See, I would have still want Deontay Wilder, but I think they should have had Deontay Wilder as Deontay Wilder. Exactly. You could have literally brought in Alvarez in this film. Like, he was number he one. <laughs> Canelo was literally in the red carpet. They could have brought in an actual boxer. You could have brought in Mayweather. Nah, he's older. It's got to be some. Mayweather should have shown up for like a something, just like a bit part. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they could have brought. I mean, I'm assuming Felix the guy was an actual boxer. I believe so. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I'm not really the big in that boxing game like I used to be. So Felix from Creed. Ah, here we go. He is Jose ben- Benavides Jr. And this guy, he's got a record of 27-2, and two, right? 27-2-1. 18 knockouts, uh, one loss, one nine, nine decision, and one draw. This guy's got to extend. And for 30 years old, this guy is a... I mean, again, I like that they bring actual boxers into these films to kind of give it a little bit more... What do you want to call it? Uh, gravitas. Gravitas, reality. Because, I mean, outside of not having Michael Buffer, like, that's what... <laughs> I, get, I bet they couldn't afford this time, besides what it is. They're like, there's other announcers this way. But they got the, the same referees from the, from the fights that I yes. recognize. They had Mauro Ronaldo and Tom Bro, I was going to say that. I'm like, I told the Adler in the theater, I was watching, like, is that Mauro? He's like, yeah, it's Mauro. I'm like, yes. Because Mauro got that iconic voice. You cannot mistake it. Exactly. Reason. Which is why I was, as soon as I saw Showtime, I'm like, Can, am I going to hear him? <laughs> Man, I love it. And Mauro is, is the kind of guy that he just brings that energy. Because he's a fan. He loves... He loves combat sports. That's his thing. So um, adding these elements. And the locations are like beautiful. Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium. I heard they recorded that out of a football game. Not like a British football game. They recorded that scene. But apparently it was Stallone that said, hey, we're recording this for Creed. So he's somehow tied into this. I hope they're paying him for production. And that's what the case may be. That's the thing. He's not even listed as a producer at this time. That's so crazy. So maybe a better, maybe, maybe it's one of those things where Michael Bay felt bad and like, hey, can you, like, do this for us and we'll pay you? I don't know, but if, if it seems like somebody in his part, it wasn't Michael B. Jordan, went to a soccer stadium, I think it was. Like That's what I read up. And um, they recorded that scene. Similar to, actually, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's that UFC movie. Yes, out. yeah. Roadhouse. And Roadhouse. So Roadhouse is going to be set in the UFC, huh? I thought it's just, like, a straight-up remake because I know he's shooting it with uh, Conor McGregor as well. I'm, I'm assuming they're not doing the whole angle where he's a he's a bouncer at a club. 
they're probably just going to do like he's a bouncer at a club who got picked to be in the UFC, kind of like a Rocky story. Yeah. Instead of it being him, you know, murdering some rich. <laughs> that is the original Roadhouse. Like you gotta admit, that was a crazy ending. And of course, the throat rip. Oh man, but um, but yeah. So they UFC two fifty eight. Jake Gyllenhaal was recording a fake fight, you know, for the film, and it looked like a legit UFC fight. And he's in great, phenomenal shape. I mean, he's never been in bad shape, but now he's like really in great shape. Not since Prince of Persia, he's been in shape like this. And um, I can't wait to see that movie when it comes out, too. So, that being said. But, yeah. So, Creed. They got CGI, but it doesn't look like CGI. Um, Dodger Stadium was great. The first fight they had, what was it? Dame. Diamond Dame versus Felix. Felix. Was inside in an indoor. I think it was crypto. the crypto arena. Yeah. It's the Staples Center in my eyes. It's hard, man. I can't. It's been the Staples Center since forever. Just like how some people have to. Can never call the TD Garden the TD Garden. They're like, it's the Boston Garden. Damn. Like, you listen. I, I still catch myself calling it the Fleet Center. I was about to say, it's the Fleet Center for us, because that's the when we grew up, it was the Fleet Center. Yeah. And then it became the TD Garden, and it's, thank God it hasn't changed since, but, like, just keep the name of the Garden. It fits where, like, it's legacy, you know, like, um, but, yeah, the Crypto Arena is the new Staples Center is now the Crypto. Um, it looked like a packed house, so I'm assuming they, something was going on, maybe a basketball game or something, they got, unless they got that many extras, which, I mean, it makes sense to get the extras to just... Film. Yeah, because even the crowd shots, too, were great. It looked like they were... You know there. what this also reminds me of? The uh, Page movie, Fighting With My Family. Yeah. They shot right after a Monday Night Raw. Exactly. And that's why there was CM Punk chance in the audience and he tried FaceTiming. I remember that. Yep. But that being said, man, this movie was fun. Only nitpick I have was they have a Dominican actress playing his mother. <laughs> Very obviously, she doesn't look a Mexican. And he was very Mexican in this movie. Like, it's one of the things only Hispanics are going to catch. Where you just be like, wait, hold up. Because I seen her in Spider-Man. She was an originally black. Yes. What was her name? I, I, I got to say her name. I can't just be here just saying the lady from this. Like, she was phenomenal because she played um, Felix's mom. Uh, Salinas Leiva. Salinas Leiva, uh, who plays Laura Chavez's mom. She's a Dominican-American actress from the Bronx who's like, I saw her in Orange is the New Black. She's probably been in a bunch of other things since, but she was also in the Spider-Man trilogy as one of the, I think, principal or teachers or something. Mm -hmm. But she plays Felix's mom, and she brings that, like, mom energy. like And also... <laughs> that momager energy. Speaking of family, can we talk about the little girl playing Amara? Bro, who is she? She's so... She's so cute. That little kid is like the most lovely. I child. wonder if she's also hard of hearing as well. I believe they purposely do that now because they want representation. So they're not going to have a non, like Echo from Marvel, uh, a Hawkeye show. She's mm. also deaf and mute. So like they get representation getting actual actors of the same. They actually did that in The Last of Us as well. No shit. Okay, I haven't seen none of The Last of Us. We're going to review that once in a, in a bit once I actually start watching it. Um <laughs> So much going on right yeah. now, it's kind of hard. But uh, Mila Davis-Kent, all right, this young actress, has she been in anything I know? Because um, probably she's been like in, she was in Sherry Show as a in the resident. Oh, The Resident, okay. So she's had one series under her name. Of course, she's like eight or nine, so I'm not going to say, oh, her resume is short. Of course it is, the kid. Yeah. <laughs> but I see a future with this actress. And, um, and we haven't spoken about her too, but Tessa Thompson, she really brings that Talia Shire energy, but makes it her own. I feel like Tessa Thompson brought a lot of empathy to her role because Dane made her see like, don't you miss this music business job? It's like, she does, but she was hiding it very well. Like, oh, I love the fact that my production's good. 
Because that Siwa Kailani, Kailani, my God, I'm like, yo, she looked, I'm like, but I, I can sense that, like, you feel like because of your ailments, because she was losing her hearing and she saved some of it, that she couldn't be a performing, because, you know, it's loud bass and boom when you're on stage at a concert, you lose hearing after a while through loud speakers like that, so, of course, the actress is going to feel, uh, the actress, the sing, well, Tessa's character is going to feel like she's... FOMO, fear of missing out, but yeah. she likes the life that she has already as it is, and kind of has, not just saying given up, but uh, found peace, but she doesn't, she admits that she really does miss going on stage, and she wants to be a performer, but she has, she can't do it, because she knows she can't, but it's like, she'd rather be production producer and completely give up her dream, like, hey, sometimes you gotta pivot in your path and find what works for you, but... The whole empathy where Michael B. Jordan was abused as a child, man. That whole angle. Yo, just that opening. I was wondering where that opening scene was taking us. Leon seemed to me, I thought he was like an ex-boyfriend of his mom's who like beat on her. Come to find out, that's not the case. They actually went with a, with a more creative approach where he's the home leader and he was beating up him and Dame in the home because they were, you know, bad little kids. But still, like, the whole film, you're trying to figure out. I'm, I'm thinking myself. I don't want to take it there. Like, I don't want it to be sexually assaulted. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. That, I don't want. I to... feel like that's taking it a bit too far, even in a Rocky slash Creed series. I feel like I feel like just getting ass whooped is enough for a kid to be traumatized to go to do bad things. You don't got to go there. I feel like they they do that way too much in a lot of shows and movies just for a shock value. Like, we have Law and Order SVU for that. Like, we don't need every everything to be like. This this over the top, you know, like like the it was um, what's a good show? Uh, this is us or like yeah, you know, something of that heavy because it is a movie you're gonna take. I want to say a family movie, but I mean depends on your family because my family would definitely watch this movie. <laughs> we are all still like moviegoers like that, but uh, but yeah, that little part where he's holding back because he sees Damon old emotions coming. That was a good plot twist, and then Jonathan Majors, his face intimidated me because you can see pain and anger yes and he was holding it in like him and funny thing funny enough this face he did it in con for the ant-man quantumania i still haven't seen it because honestly i'm not driven to see it i feel i'm honestly getting marvel fatigue i don't blame you watch it when it comes out on plus it'll be there in two months um he plays that character similarly like he knows how to bring this like dark empathy like i've been through some shit you wouldn't like it. You know, like, he just has that, like, but also, I'm here to beat some ass. And he was brutal. And, like, me as a guy who's actually, like, trained to box, he was fighting dirty. But, of course, the guy was in prison for 18 years. I don't expect him to come out of prison, you know, knowing the rules of boxing. To, yes. And kind of just doing his own thing. He knows how to fight. Right. Even even Duke was, uh... Yo, Wood Harris, he's the dude I want to talk about being the MVP. Ace Boogie. <laughs> because, like, in all of these movies... Like, he is so underrated he, as Duke Jr. He plays his... Or his, L- Lil Duke, yeah, I he, No, he plays his dad's... Because he, he's technically Creed's uh, nephew, uh, nephew, right? Because he, he's... Or cousin. They're cousins, right? Yeah. Because he's Duke uh, Sr., the, the ball-headed coach. Yeah, Tony Burton, R.I.P. Yeah. And um, so there's that connection. Uh, but, of course, Creed has two siblings, sibling siblings. But you never see them in the movies, right? You don't see his... They mentioned that uh, uh, Felicia Richard's character has two kids with uh, Apollo. 
Yes. Were they ever shown in the previous Scream films? No, they haven't. They were just mentioned. No, they're not like even referenced at all. This movie, they were referenced. Your two kids didn't care about me. You know, like you brought that up right. and venting to her. So I'm like, oh, I didn't even know she had other kids. I mean, yeah, like I think maybe a glance in like Rocky four, two, Rocky two, four even too. Like no four, they only focus on Marianne. I mean, there's background characters. Like you would just see kids running around. So then they actually had kids, but they never gave them names. They never gave them like, right, right. So okay, so now we're known canonically. Creed had two kids prior to cheating on his wife and having Adonis. Yes. And that's that's how we make a sense of this. Okay, Adonis had a rough life. He had a... a this is definitely like the, on some like anime arc shit where, where Dame is, like again, not just a rival, but he was a, a mentor to him. In the end, he has to fight his mentor. Not only that, it's something I've noticed that like I really do enjoy because... The main thing that people bring up about the Rocky movies is like both of the first ones of their franchises, Rocky and Creed, he doesn't win the title. Yep. I love that. I love that little like, touch. You're wanting to root for the underdog to take the championship away. And now this time, dang, you've empathized with him so much. But once that turn hits, it's like, oh, do, did did I actually want this? No, because you didn't know the ulterior motives of his of his homie from jail getting the baton and breaking Ivan's hand. And it was all a ploy. But at the same time, it's like, why did he go through so much trouble? Why couldn't he just ask? Or maybe maybe that's maybe that escalated because Donnie didn't want to give him a chance right away. And that's what he's grown accustomed to. If I can't get my way, I'm going to get my way. Yes. So he got his boys that came out of prison to do the job for him. So that way it looks like just some random bar fight. But it can't be a random bar fight. They're at an exclusive, like, label party. So it's got to... So how do they get in there? Well, I mean, if you know music, then you see a lot of rappers and a lot of guys in jail. So it's not too far-fetched to somebody like that to be, like, somebody's bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? Like... So I, that wasn't the unbelievable part. The unbelievable part is how the hell he like get in contact with him. Did he know his number? Did they like when his buddy was in jail? Did he, he's like, hey, when I'm leaving, contact me if you need me for anything. Like that kind of whole scenario. Yeah. Because so, he, you know, prison gang shit, like whatever it is. But um, but yeah, Major's got a phenomenal shape for the movie. Absolutely. Like as soon as the film ended, I was like, I'm so glad I got myself a push up board. Man, and then you got a who else? Uh, I feel like Michael B. Jordan never is not in shape, thanks to the, like the MCU, these movies, and like I feel like he's in a lot of action films ever since even Chronicle. Like he's just been in a lot of yeah. physical movies. Not that he can't do rom coms, but take advantage of it. You're young to do this. He, he's done a couple, and he's pretty good in them. Yeah, and um, but I feel like his bread and butter is in these like blockbuster. Like he's yeah, he's got to go back. Breaking girls' retainers or something. <laughs> so, it's like Gerard Butler. He does a chick flick. He does a, a blockbuster spectacle. Does a chick flick, you know, back and forth. But, of course, I forget that it, Michael B. Jordan is, like, only a year older than me. It's crazy yeah. to say, like, he's got his whole life ahead of him to make more of these movies. Like, if Tom Cruise, almost 60, still doing it. You know, like, if Michael B.'s in the same path, unless he wants to do Oscar. But then again, couldn't this be an Oscar contender for something? Absolutely, Story-wise, yeah. like, it definitely had something. I would definitely give an adaptation screenplay. It, it's it's something with, like, 
not even directional debut, but like there is something about this movie that, again, all the Rocky movies are not just mindless boxing films. There's heart to it. There's depth. There's layers. It's like, you know, we're dealing with family traumas or dealing with uh, a bunch of stuff that are, leads up to the actual action. It's not just straight up, here's a fight. Here's the next one. Well, that's a problem with a lot of boxing movies. They don't focus enough on storytelling. It's always second to the actual fighting. Exactly. And even though Stallone wasn't in this one, I felt like story-wise, you didn't need Rocky. You, you didn't. If he was in it, he'd only be in it to, like, again, a cameo. And I think Stallone wouldn't want just a cameo. He'd want an actual part. And he didn't fit the story. He's back home with his bro- with his son and his grandkid. He's living the retired life. He doesn't need to be in this high-stress coaching role. Exactly. And this movie's called Creed, not Rocky. So it makes sense for the young generation to keep it moving and for the OGs to retire. It's just a natural course of life. Yeah. Star Wars could have learned a little something from this. Man, I was having this conversation. Um, I was watching a podcast about it, like what went wrong with the new trilogy. And it came... And it, Dawn on me, it's something I even said when I watched the first film, Force Awakens. The, oh, sorry, this is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't watched Star Wars movies recently in the last five, six years. Um, but uh, the Finn character should have been a Jedi, right? Absolutely. That's that's the given. The whole Rey being a Jedi in the end, plot twist, terrible the way they executed it. It made no sense. She never alludes that being force sensitive, but all of a sudden she's Jason boarding it. Like, it made no sense. And the second film made it even more con- confusing. And that's where they had to do a lot of retconning for the third film because they're like, oh, we fucked up. No one likes it. Like, you, you didn't have a story there. I'm one of the few that not only do I like The Last Jedi, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. And it's controversial you say that out loud because a lot of my friends hate it because mainly my friends were like a little bit on the on le- like right-leaning. Not like exactly Republican, but they're a little bit more on the conservative side of things. Well, here's another thing. I never grew up with Star Wars. I never did. And just like with the Rocky movies, I binged all of them before Force Awakens came out. And the thing is, too, is like, I feel like people put too much weight on the Star Wars films when Lucas was... Like, not I'm saying his movies weren't that great, but I feel like they make it seem like they were... I, they keep it too close to, to their chest, I'm thinking, oh because of the nostalgia. The nostalgia, and like I feel like there's better movies out there. Granted, is it a successful franchise? Absolutely. I have fucking Star Wars pops behind me. I've definitely got a lightsaber somewhere here. But either way, again, over time, stories change, characters change. If What, what, what this movie did, what Star Wars did it, and that's leave the past in the past and start fresh. Yeah, like give... Respect to the legacy characters. Yeah, and that's but it. don't like lean on them for too much, or lean on those tropes to like motivate the story. Which is why it's great that the Creed films did not lean on Stallone on any of the. I mean, I think Stallone kind of killed off all the characters that he had from his previous world. Like, Polly's dead. His wife just died. Well, here's the thing: Adrian was dead in Balboa. Right. In Creed, that's when Polly had passed. Oh, shit. So all that's left is his son and grandson. That's it. That's all he has for family. No, he never had a grandson in the original Stallone run. It was in the Creed movies they brought the grandson. Yes. That's crazy. Again, you could just like... I thought it was Balboa that he's... No, no, no. In the end. No, he's... He's her dad home. No. Because uh, he... Robert was just trying to make a name for himself and Rocky trying to get back in the ring. It just like overshadowed him like trying to like make a name for himself, which is something that is 
uh, re like redone in Creed, where it's like, don't be afraid to use the name, right? But try to make it your own. And they sure did. And this this trilogy has been a strong trilogy. Usually by number threes in movies, again, the Star Wars effect. The third movie wasn't everyone's favorite. It's split decision in that. Um, third and most movies in general have not been a lot of people's. Iron Man 3. I didn't like Iron Man 3 when it came out. There's a lot of number threes that I'm not a fan of. And I don't think in detail why. It's just. But there are also some that like elevate the series. Born Ultimatum, Return of the King. Yes, there's some that literally make it better. Uh, we don't want to talk about uh, one of the worst threes, Godfather 3. But that was definitely. See, di- because I'm rewatching the Godfather movies too. And I have the Coda edition, which is the re-edit, and it goes more in detail. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But I can't say for sure for Godfather 3 mainly because I've never seen it. It's been the most, like, hated movie because the actress, Coppola, the daughter of... Sophia. Who is now a great producer and director. Yes. Again, sometimes your calling isn't acting. It's something else. Uh, just didn't work in the film. That's all it was. And that kind of took you out of the film at certain points. That's what most people's gripe was. See, I could bring that to this franchise and say Rocky V is that movie. Rocky V is a Tommy Gunn one, right? Yep. That was horrible. Even back then, I hated it. I wasn't a fan of it. I felt like there wasn't enough about... It was too much about, like... Again, Tommy Gunn reminded me a lot of both Diamond Dame. Very similar, like... He came out of nowhere. He needed some training. And then He's he got a chip on his shoulder. Chip on his shoulder. So there is the similarities, but they're not identical stories, which is great. Which I feel like the only reason why I'm glad Rocky Five exists is because it sets up the whole scenario in the first Creed film where it's like, do I really want to take another protege on? We remember what happened last time. And my- which brings me back to Star Wars and Mandalorian. Yeah. With the whole, do you want to take Grogu and train him to be a Jedi? Or Anakin, if you want to train Anakin to be... This is all the... Again, movie tropes are not bad if they're good. Yes, if they're executed well. And that's the thing. Like, And my biggest problem with Rocky Five is simply this. How do you have a final fight in the streets? That's the thing. It should have been... It should have been... A- uh, it should have been he comes out of retirement and has an exhibition match. Yes. Not a title match, exhibition match. B- which is what he had against uh, Mason Dixon in Balboa. Absolutely. So. And notice how at the end he doesn't care about the decision. He's ready to hang it up right then and there. The fact that he held his own. That was like George Foreman coming out of retirement in a box and show people he still had it. You know, yeah. like, it was one of those moments. And of course, it helped them keep his restaurant open because. It kept his name alive and people were going to go to this restaurant and... It gave him a reason to start telling new stories, which is a line from that film itself. And that way he's able to properly retire and all this stuff. And I love these movies. There's something integrally human about family and not to quote Vin Diesel, but it's just... Oh, you're bringing me back for past that. <laughs> I'm, I will start all ten of those films again. You're going to have to help me find them. They're not on the same freaking streaming app. Some are on Peacock. Some are on them. Uh, HBO Max. Oh, it's so annoying. They're like, how do I hold I watch these films? Or you can just ask me for the physical copies. I'll just borrow them off you. But, yeah. But yeah, with that being said, how many stars do you give the Creed 3? I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5 for me as well. And uh, if you're having me rank it, I would say 
Creed-wise, it's better than two. Way better than two. Not that two was bad. It's no, just, no, no. This one was so good. Yes. And overall in the Rocky films, it comes to probably middle of the pack five. Yeah. Only because my top four would be... Part four is my favorite of all time. My higher four would be Creed at number one. The first Creed, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Then Rocky. The original Rocky, okay. Then Rocky four. Yep. Rocky, then, Rocky two, because that was the one where Balboa actually won the belt at that time and gained Apollo's respect. I think that's a really important one. See, that's why I put Rocky three just behind. Oh, because the cover Lang with that good storytelling. With not only that, but how it incorporates Apollo back into the story. Ah, the elements of like fighting your mojo back. Yes, that's true. Um, but three is also iconic for the, the uh, debut of Hulk Hogan. As Thunderlips. Thunderlips, which was my dad's and I. That was my favorite scene in Rocky for one reason. I'm a big wrestling guy. My dad's a big boxing guy. It's the one scene where we can both find enjoyment in the exact same thing for different reasons. You know what's my favorite line in the movie? It's like, Rocky's just saying the entire time, is like, hey, come on, man, it's for charity. Then Mickey goes... Nobody does this much for charity. <laughs> and Rocky replies. Take off your gloves. Take off your gloves. No, and Rocky then replies to him, Bob Hope would. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mickey goes, oh yeah, he would. Oh, There's man. so much stuff that like, as you stated earlier, if you think I'm about picking it, up. That's the first MMA match. If you think about it. I'm picking up now even more as an adult. Or oh, like, man. yeah, Rocky is so good. And, and like, there's more reasons to why you think it's good. Yes. And it's a movie that I feel like a fr- as a franchise that, again, it's a tale as old as time. People like seeing the underdog win because the common man is the underdog. And a lot of times in reality, we don't win. Yeah. It is what it is. But the fact that in this film, the underdog loses in the first film, which is unheard of, a protagonist losing in the film. It was genius, and that's why he won the Oscar. And in the second film, he actually won. But he didn't just win. He won respect. A third movie, he was losing all his confidence because he got too lazy and too lax in his own in his own money. And he had to find that whatever grit he had in the first film. Yep. And then four, it was literally a Bushido, <laughs> a Bushido movie. Yes, exactly. Like, it was already... Hey, yo, my name is Rocky Balboa. You killed my best friend Apollo. Prepare to die. <laughs> Yo, man, that's what I got to say. And you know what's funny? How many times has the Rocky movies been parodied in so many circumstances? Whether it's television, wrestling, whether it's like the, the one of the most parodied things, animation, like it's been yeah, sitcoms with the Fresh Prince. You know, like when Will, Will faces his high school bully. Like it all ties into like we all want the underdog to win, which is genius that when they did Rocky three. He wasn't the underdog. He was a world champion. How do yeah. you make this about him? Losing everything he has and have to gain it all back. So, with that being said, this has been our review of Creed 3. We probably missed a bunch of details, which is fine. But we yeah. don't, we're not here to just give you dissect the entire film. We're here to pick the parts that stood out to us. Because and if y'all ever want to meet me in like a back corner somewhere, just buy me a drink and I'll start ranting about all the Rocky movies. Absolutely. Whiskey sours are everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that being said, how can people reach you, Raul? 
You can find me on my socials, on Twitter and Instagram, at M-I-S-E-R-B-I-L-A-L-I-T-Y, Miserbiliality. And I do plan on making my return to Twitch in the oncoming weeks. And yeah, just definitely follow me there, hit me up, slide in my DMs and be like, hey, what's your definitive Rocky ranking? And I got you. All right. If we were to say that now, before we close up, I'll say this. Like, you already gave your list. My top five, because I like the top five notion yeah. of Rocky movies, including the Creed movies. Number one is Rocky Four, just because of the epicness and the almost superhero-like qualities of the film, right? Absolutely. Um, Rocky Two for the stakes of like him finally winning. Rocky One, Creed One, Creed Two, Rocky Three, Creed Three. No, no, Creed 3, Rocky 3, and then last place is obviously 5. Yeah, 5 is like the kind of default and punching bag. I, I don't want to include Balboa in my rankings, because not that it wasn't a good Rocky movie, but it was almost like a love letter to Rocky. It was. It almost felt like uh, it shouldn't count, because it's not the Rocky in his prime, it's the old like dog trying to keep up with the young dog storyline. See... I want to exclude it for that reason, but also Stallone and De Niro did a movie called Grudge Match, yeah. where it's basically Rocky Balboa versus, uh, what's his character in Raging Bull? Right. Like, Jack D'Amato? Yeah, so, like, I haven't seen that movie. But I, that's more of a comedy, but I gotta see that movie. Yeah. It, that's the Rocky Balboa that people were expecting. When I re-saw Rocky Balboa, I get it. And plus, it has the famous quote, you know, it no matter how many times you get knocked down, it's about how many times you get knocked down and you get back up. It's true, and that, that quote sticks with me. and Because um, it applies to anything. That's what it's great about the Rocky franchise. It applies to everyday life. It's not just about boxing and, you know, macho stuff. It's literally about how to deal with things. There's a lot of emotional parts in all these movies, very teary-eyed, this is about dealing with your own demons and dealing with your past and knowing when to move forward. There's inspiration to these movies, which is why they're revered as some of the best films. And again, people can make jokes on stand-up about the Rocky character, this and that, but I feel like this movie, Creed Three, for now, tied the series with a bow. Now my biggest fear if they do a part four and it sucks. Yeah. I kind of hope they let because it Because they have all the momentum, and honestly, they, I'm going to say something bold. Go for it. Bring back Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler directing four. Because Michael B. Jordan won a record. He does not want to direct himself anymore. He wants, he wants to direct movies for other people. He, yes. Directing himself was too difficult, which, duh. But yeah, if you bring Ryan Coogler to do four... Because his brother wrote this screenplay. I, I think that could be doable. And it, if anything, bring back Bob... Bring back Stallone. Bring back... You know, if he's... And we need to find a way... I don't want Balboa back unless if there's, like, a needed. narrative reason. Needed. And, and I don't want them to go for the cliche sort of, like, oh, we'll just bring back the son of someone else or something. Yeah, that's too... That's already been done. Now we can do a story of, like... I don't know. We can do a story of his daughter. Maybe, like, trying to be a Golden Globes boxer now as she gets older. And, like, trying to... Hanging in the ring, or maybe you could even do a story where, um, God, it's it's hard. I could I couldn't come up with a story right away. I feel like there's there's not enough for me to talk about. There's so much 
conclusion in this film. Like, like there's nothing. It's very absolute in its ending. It's like this is it. Like, yeah, but you could also say the same thing for Creed too. Yeah, in a way, you're right. I, I guess it takes a really uh, brilliant eye to find something else that they can dig up. But now that you already dug up Adonis's past, uh, only thing left is his future. Like, he turn it into Cobra Kai where he opens up gyms and they're fighting other gyms. Like, no, Which, you by the way, they are selling now Creed Athletics gear. I want it. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm buying that shit too. All right, with that being said, thank yes. you all for tuning in to the Podcast Merger Show. This is the Podcast Mercenary. Chris and Joe Ramos signing off. Until next time, thank you all for tuning in. I'm out. Bye-bye.